Hello, hello, Rookie Gang. I'm your host, Lauren Lapid, a 22-year-old from the suburbs of Southern California, a recent college graduate, and now a freshly displaced New Yorker trying to adult in this crazy post-college life. And I have been displaced because I am actually recording this from my home in Southern California because I had to leave New York due to coronavirus. So if things sound a little different, that's why. But fear not, I am not letting this virus derail any of my content. So stay tuned. You are listening to Rookies in the Real World. And in today's episode, we will be discussing imposter syndrome as a new graduate in the workforce and our tips to growing your confidence in the workplace. It's Rookies in the Real World. It's time for real talk on becoming an adult. We are talking imposter syndrome. Dun, dun, dun. I know it sounds way scarier than it actually is, I promise. But before we jump in, I want to first say that our focus today is going to be on overcoming imposter syndrome as a young 20-something-year-old. I am not an expert in the subject matter, so for further resources, I would highly recommend the following podcasts. Table for Nine podcast did an amazing deep dive explaining it and how it can manifest for specific Enneagrams, so if you are interested in a deeper dive and or know your Enneagram or want to learn more about that, I highly suggest her pod. Even if you're not really into Enneagrams or don't know much about it, she does a really great job explaining the feelings. The second podcast I want to point you towards is the Unfuck Your Brain podcast. There goes the explicit rating. We're not even like a minute in and I have to add the E now, but Unfuck Your Brain is an amazing podcast. It's hosted by a Harvard grad. So if you want to hear from a professional and more of the psychological nitty gritty and just some advice from a more broad feminist perspective, change your mindset kind of thing, I highly recommend. But for us, for us rookies in the real world, we are talking about it from a more personal in the weeds perspective as young 20 something year olds fresh out of college and even fresher into the workplace. We'll be talking about how we recognize imposter syndrome ourselves, how our imposter syndrome has evolved since college, and how we combat imposter syndrome today. Before we dive in to any content, I would love to introduce you to today's guest, Katrina. Hi, Katrina. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing amongst all of this craziness? I'm holding up. I'm trying to remain positive. I am yes. healthy. The family is healthy. And that is what we're focusing on at the moment. Exactly. So taking it day by day. <laughs> it's all the little wins. Yes. Well, I'm glad that your family is doing well. Thank you. And thank you for making the time to get on my podcast. Much appreciated. <laughs> so let me tell our listeners a little bit about you. Katrina is a total girl boss, so she currently works in PR for KWT Global and is a University of Alabama alumna. So I don't want to tell her story, though, so if you want to give a quick little elevator pitch about who you are, what you do, go for it, sis. Yes, of course. Well, thank you so much for having me on your wonderful podcast. I'm excited to be here. And yes, went to the University of Alabama after 
being born and bred in Michigan, had to get out of there for my collegiate career. So went to a completely different culture, the South, which was an incredible experience. And I think the four years was an amazing time to be immersed in a different culture. The university has a lot to offer. And I made a lot of my friends that, right, I made a lot of the friends that I'm still friends with today. Um, But I knew the South wasn't for me. So I went back to the North and now live full time in New York City, the city of dreams, the most intimidating and motivating city. (laughs) Intimidating, but motivating. We need that on a t-shirt. Yes, absolutely. I love that. (laughs) And working in PR as well as strategic communications and event planning. I love the event planning side of things. And I think that's where my career trajectory is going to head in. Um, But it's a really great first job. And I'm excited to be there. I also did my fellowship program at the same company. So it was a really seamless transition into the real world, so to speak, Uh, still trying to figure out what it's like in the real world, but things are going well. Outside of the work world, love hanging out with friends in the city, doing fun things. There's so much that you can do in New York. And I am obsessed with fashion. So have a measly fashion blog that I devote some of my time to. I love your blog. No, (laughs) your sense of fashion is so on point. You're my inspiration. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you. I put anything together and I hope it works. I think the confidence is the key in it. Sometimes I do look back on my outfits and I'm like, (laughs) what is that? But you know what? You I was confident. <laughs> yes. Okay. So for a quick icebreaker, what is your favorite song to get you hyped up for work? Absolutely. I am a big Demi Lovato fan. Every single time Demi Lovato would come to Michigan, my mom and I would go and it's just become our little tradition. So I, love that. I know it's so sweet. Confident and Sorry Not Sorry are my pump up songs. Yes. And I also really like listening to the mu- new music Friday playlist on Spotify. There are some jams in there as well. Yes, they've done a really great job of curating some bops. Big fan. Yes. Shout out Spotify. Before we begin, Let's properly define imposter syndrome. So I am going to read a quick little bit from an article written um, by Jill Corkendale for the Harvard Business Review. Imposter syndrome can be defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persists despite evident success. Imposters suffer from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence. They seem unable to internalize their accomplishments, however successful they are in their field. High-achieving, highly successful people often suffer, so imposter syndrome does not equate with low self-esteem or a lack of self-confidence. In fact, some researchers have linked it with perfectionism, especially in women and among academics. So to kind of sum it up, basically despite your successes and qualifications you still feel like a fraud or undeserved or undeserving of your success and achievements katrina have you ever experienced imposter syndrome every single day every single day and i think a lot throughout college is where it stemmed from yes even though i was heavily involved on campus and held um leadership positions i still felt like oh I'm not worthy of this. And I think I most felt it when I was stepping into my fellowship role Mm -hmm. in between junior and senior year of college, being in that real world. I was like, is this, am I even worthy of being here? Knowing that 
I was qualified, of course, but there are a lot of people applying for the position. So am I the one that can fill that role? And I feel like even too, you can have a really successful interview, but then once you're thrown into it, Mm-hmm. You then have to continue and prove that you yeah. are acceptable within that role. And it's scary. It's scary. Oh, it's actually terrifying. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you brought up college because I feel like imposter syndrome manifests itself in college and then kind of evolves once you're a professional in the workforce. So I know for me, I went to a lesser known school not to mitigate any of like its qualifications or achievements, but I went to a school in Virginia called George Mason. It's a lesser known school, Um, especially coming from the West Coast. um, Most of my friends stayed in California or they all went to like the Ivies or like really big name college football kind of campuses. Whereas like my school doesn't have a football team. We're on the opposite side of the country and we're definitely not an Ivy. So I felt a lot of imposter syndrome in the sense of like, oh my gosh, like, did I make a huge mistake by not going to, like, a bigger name school? And I think a lot of that imposter syndrome fueled who I became in college because I tried to be the best that I could possibly be in school because I knew I wanted to move to New York after college. And as a graphic designer, I was so scared that since I didn't come from a Parsons or an SVA or a RISD, that I wouldn't get a job. And so I was like, okay, I need to be the very best. And like, even as I made my way through college and kind of like racked up all of these achievements and like bullets under my resume, I still felt so terrified and unworthy of moving to New York and getting my first fellowship out of college and then now getting my full-time job. The imposter syndrome has kind of morphed in a sense of like, like what if it was a mistake that they hired me? Like They could have picked somebody more qualified or from, you know, like a bigger name school. And so I think it's important that we bring up imposter syndrome isn't just Like, you graduate and you go in the workforce, like, this is a part of us that kind of evolves and stems from way earlier than adulthood, for sure. Absolutely. And that's an interesting point you bring up, too. It almost, you make yourself think that when Mm -hmm. you're hired, it's them taking a chance on you. Yeah, taking a chance. Right? And you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, are they guessing it? Like, am I actually going to lead up to their expectations? Am I going to fail at it? Like, they're just taking a chance on this person. So I get it. Totally. And I feel like that's something that a lot of us, like, 20-something-year-olds can actually relate to each other with. And I, like, want to bring this up because I feel like, speaking from personal experience, too, it's so easy to see somebody high achieving and when they bring up their insecurities and almost, in a way, like, talk about imposter syndrome in themselves, it's so easy to look at somebody and be like, I can't believe they're saying that. Like, they're clearly the best and it's easy to kind of antagonize someone over it. But, you know, we're all going through this together. And so I think it's important that we talk about this because we can approach each other with more empathy moving forward. Absolutely. So, Katrina, tell me about what kinds of thoughts do you associate with imposter syndrome? Like, kind of what goes on in your head when you realize, like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm getting on the imposter syndrome train and I got to hop off? (laughs) Absolutely. I think where it first starts for me is when I make a mistake. Uh, whether how big or small that it is probably the smaller ones are the ones that I freak out a little more on me too but <laughs> like an email like oh no there's a typo <laughs> I'm like oh god that's it I'm fired <laughs> but when I do make those mistakes I immediately am like oh shit 
I didn't deserve Mm -hmm. this. This is like, they should not have hired me. Someone else would not have made this mistake. And when it is a smaller one, it almost digs a bit deeper because, oh, you should have caught it. It was so small type of thing. Um, And I think that just goes back to the perfectionism that we were talking about earlier with the definition Mm -hmm. of imposter syndrome. You just want everything to be perfect, which is like an inhumane way to live. I mean, mistakes are inevitable, but immediately when you make them, you go, oh shit, this is Mm -hmm. like, I'm not as good as I thought I was, or I am bad like I thought I was. (laughs) Totally. And it's so easy to kind of just like feel toxicity towards yourself. I know for me, a lot of it was when I'd be sitting in meetings and I would be afraid to ask a question because I didn't want to look dumb because I'd be like, okay, well, if nobody's asking this, am I the only one that's not on the same page here? And I mean, part of that, you can't blame yourself because if you're new in a job or like new to a company, you're not going to have every answer. But also you never know if anybody else is thinking the same thing, has the same question and doesn't want to raise their hand. And so I think for me, like that's when I realized, Lauren, just suck it up. You'd rather ask and have more clarity than exit the meeting and then have to then ping somebody and ask for clarification and take up more of their time. And so that's kind of another like warning sign, like alarm for me. That's such a good one. I feel that. And I always am like, I'm not going to ask because everyone else knows the answer, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't want to embarrass yourself. <laughs> totally. Which is, can you, yeah. yeah. Which again, it's like, it's our pride and mm-hmm. we have to kind of get over ourselves in a way. But Katrina, can you tell me about a time that you felt like an imposter? Oh, that is a good question. Um, I would say there is one point in college I was inducted into this society where I felt like mm-hmm. I did not deserve to be there at all. And it was a society of these women that have done incredible things. And I was sitting in the room and they're all elaborating about their successes in a very, very humble way, of course. Um mm-hmm. And not that you can't boast about your own success. I think that that is part of it. But they were just talking about it kind of measly in conversations. And I almost felt like, oh, I shouldn't be here. Like, I don't have these successes that really qualify the same as theirs. And it just made me feel like I was kind of a fake sitting amongst Mm -hmm. these women, which is not the case. I think everyone just self-doubts immediately. Um, It's just a different type and you have to be confident in that room anyway because you deserve to be there you were hired for it you were selected for it you were nominated whatever it may be someone saw it within you and you have to put that perspective on instead definitely and I mean that's part of why I wanted you to be a guest on this episode like when we first met you just exuded confidence you were so easy to talk to and I thought to myself like this girl is a boss like she knows what she wants and she knows what it takes to get there and so when we were talking about my podcast and you mentioned that like this would be a great topic for you I was floored because you just seem like someone so sure of yourself and I think that was like a good almost light bulb in my head of being like This is why it's so important to talk about these things because we'd never guess because we assume the best about others, you know? Absolutely. I, oh God. So I remember during one of the many interviews I had to go through for my current job, 
the woman interviewing me, who it's funny because now she's like probably my biggest ally at work. She's one of my biggest confidants, like love her to death. But halfway through the interview, she kind of paused and then went, oh, wait, did you just graduate from college? And my heart stopped because I was sitting there like, oh, fuck, like this was a mistake. I wasn't supposed to like make it through the system. I wasn't supposed to make it to the interviews. Like I'm screwed. And I just remember feeling so embarrassed when I said, yes, like I, I didn't back just graduate in May. Is that an issue? Like as if I had anything to apologize for or be ashamed of. And then she went on to explain how after looking at my experience, she like didn't realize I was in college and that like I had really just, I let my imagination run off to its worst corner and make the scariest story. And I still to this day, like I think about that and like, I really truly felt like a fraud in that moment. And now I'm seven, eight months into my job and it's crazy. Yeah. It's like crazy that I ever felt like I wasn't supposed to be here because I feel like I've really come to love the role and that I think I've done a good job. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, of course. And it's interesting too because that comment was more so a compliment rather exactly. than something to put you down. Totally. And I think that's a good way to also segue into my next question of underplaying your success. Have you ever underplayed your success? Absolutely. I And it's interesting because I underplay my success a lot when I'm with my extended family at mm-hmm. various family gatherings because I feel like my personality is very out there and not necessarily overconfident, but perhaps a bit much for some individuals. So I try to tone it down a bit. (laughs) (laughs) I try to tone that down a bit when I'm with my extended family members. But I think it's just overall really sad that you see a lot of individuals underplaying their success, their accomplishments. And I think that there's a big societal quote unquote standard for women Mm -hmm. to back down on it, especially when they're trying to impress like a significant other or someone that they have feelings toward whatever it may be and or even if they're not like even if they're themselves are in the workplace and underplaying their success it's really upsetting to see and I feel like we should all do a better job of lifting people up when they do talk about their accomplishments to be gracious toward that and to compliment them on it because it does sometimes take a lot to to come out of there and say these good things about yourself. Exactly. I totally agree. I feel like a part of it is not wanting to intimidate. I feel like, you know, like when we're successful or have perceived success, we don't want people to judge us for it or, again, kind of like roll their eyes and like be like, well, that's the overachiever. When in reality, like you worked hard for your success and you should be allowed to be proud about it. But I, hmm, I feel like, my biggest underplaying success story isn't even a story. It's a habit. I always say, oh, I got lucky. You know, like, I like I, I really, like, half of it was luck. And that's just really unfair to yourself and all of your achievements. And it's unfair to the people that chose you to this opportunity because it's almost like saying, like, it wasn't, like, they, it was out of their control when in reality, like, they took the time to interview you. They took the time to discuss you and choose you. It wasn't just luck. Things lined up. 
there was like a mutual selection happening. You didn't just get lucky. But I feel like I would just get flustered when people would compliment me. It comes a lot when people would compliment me. And I would just get flustered and brush it off almost saying that I got lucky. And again, like that's so unfair to you. And I feel like that's something a lot of us do. And it's like we're not even actively trying to underplay our success. It's just almost like a defense mechanism. Yes. And that's a really interesting point you bring up there with the other side, the recruitment side, saying Mm -hmm. that you just got lucky and the people that hired you are kind of like, what? Like (laughs) we spent spent so much time. (laughs) (laughs) We've talked a lot about imposter syndrome and how it's manifested in ourselves and how we recognize it. So now let's get to the other side of things. How can we overcome imposter syndrome? And I feel like we're in a very unique point in our lives. And that's kind of why I want to talk about it today, too, because there are a ton of podcast episodes on imposter syndrome. There are so many articles, but there's nothing that's really I couldn't find anything that was really geared to people living in our shoes in our point in time, because we are in such a weird transitional, almost like liminal couple of years in our lives. And they shape really the trajectory for the rest of our lives and I just wanted to make sure that like we are being relatable and honest and real because there are so many other men and women in our age in our shoes that are feeling this way so let's talk about overcoming it and how to move past these hurdles yes so give me it like an example of how you overcome imposter syndrome. Do you like to talk to people about it? Do you have a mentor, somebody at work? Yes, absolutely. So I have uh, one really close friend at work who we actually went to college together, but never knew each other at college, which is funny. So and crazy. now, But just, Bama's huge, I guess. Yes, so that makes sense. Yes, Bama is huge. Um, but I think she helps me to A, stay sane, because you just mm-hmm. need someone that you work with to like get feelings out toward and to help you grow and just compare, not necessarily compare, but use their strengths and your strengths and use them as like a sounding board just for in the professional career, because this is also new, especially being in our first job or couple jobs. Like this is all very new. So having someone in the workplace at your same level or around your same level that you can connect with, I think is extremely vital and mimicking um, success for yourself and also in that same vein having someone whether in your same company or not I think it's probably a little bit better if they are in your same company or having two separate individuals but Mm -hmm. someone that is higher in the position level maybe someone that you want to eventually become in some vein of sort and having them build you up because I'm a big words of affirmation person. Oh my gosh, <laughs> and, me too. <laughs> yeah, and it probably is so similar with people that have imposter syndrome. Um, yeah. But you need someone to tell you that you're doing a good job. So finding a person, a managerial sort of individual that can help A, to provide constructive criticism so that you can continue to grow, but yeah. B, someone who does not shy away from telling you that you've done a good job. Because I know some mm-hmm. managers that prefer to go on a here's how you improve, which is great. Yeah, you need those type of people too. But you need someone as well who's going to say you've done a good job. Exactly. Um, So I think having those different types of individuals is really great. And then also 
setting realistic expectations for yourself and trying your hardest, right? And trying your hardest not to compare yourself to others because we all have our different working styles. And I think it is within our innate nature that we do just Mm -hmm. compare ourselves. But you need to set um, realistic expectations for where you want to see yourself growing and then not compare your expectations to another individual's that might be in a completely different sphere. So that way, when you are seeing yourself progress, it's on your own timeline and then yes. you can feel good about what you're doing. I completely agree. And I am so glad that you brought up having somebody our age who's kind of going through it with us, but then also having somebody more senior than you or almost like a mentor. Because like I said, the mentor, like somebody who's more senior in their career, like imposter syndrome is going to manifest a little differently for them at their age than it is for us. So it's important to get their perspective and their look back. But it's so important to have like a work wife or somebody at the office who is going through the same shit that you are and can relate to you and understand you that you don't need to feel embarrassed by seeing those feelings because they're going to completely be able to get you. Yeah. Again, like talking about it and almost normalizing it, I Mm. feel like is just so important to make you comfortable and for you to then be able to, like Katrina said, sit down and really establish your own expectations and maintain them. So I think that another good way that I kind of overcome imposter syndrome when I'm feeling really down about myself is just thinking about how far you've come. And I like to think about who I was at my worst and who I am now and just think about like, wow, like I never would have guessed that like me from like three years ago, like jobless or whatever, you know, like could ever be in this position and that if I can get through that rut, I can get through this. But also if I was able to get through that rut, I deserve this opportunity. Like I deserve to be where I am. And I grew up an athlete. So I'm one of those people that like loves reading quotes from athletes, right? Yes. One of my biggest influences and inspirations growing up was another short track speed skater, J.R. Salski, and he had just this crazy story of getting injured. So he had qualified for the Olympic team, got injured like six months before or nine months before the Olympics, and pretty much everybody like gave him shit. You know, they were like, well, will he be able to recover by the Olympics? And even if he does, is he the best representation? Because what if he doesn't win a medal? And they were just so many doubts about him. And he said in an interview before the Olympics, everyone is going to face challenges. What defines you is how you overcome them. He ended up leaving that Olympics with a bronze medal, um, like a personal bronze medal. And then I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but the US team itself took home a gold. So he came back decorated. Hell yeah. So I like, yeah, right. And I like to think about how at his worst, everybody thought that he was going to fail but now when they think about him they think about how he overcame it they think about his hard work and they think about now how much he deserved that opportunity yeah. so I think it's so important to think about who you who you want to be in five years who you were five years ago and even who you were a year ago and think about how much you've accomplished and how much really you overcame to get to where you are today because you are so strong yes I love that that's great So Katrina, fake it till you make it. That is such a mantra that we see all over Instagram. It's all over Twitter. We all say it. Have you ever 
had to fake it till you make it? What was that like? Oh my gosh. I fake it till I make it every day. And it's funny that you brought up earlier when the first time we met, I had this confidence about me. Yes. But even You are so charismatic, truly. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like I feel like sometimes that is just me faking this confidence because I think everyone internally has a lot of Mm self-esteem issues and me personally I'm just not great in like the social setting where there are a lot of people and I'm meeting new people sometimes I'm on it sometimes I'm not but you do have to just exude this kind of fake confidence that eventually becomes part of who you are yeah but that is just part of the faking it till you make it I mean when you step into an interview room you might not be confident but you have to act like you are because why else would they hire you if you're not even confident in your own capabilities so I think that fake it to you and make it saying is really important in the confidence side of things because you just have to fake the confidence sometimes and you don't feel that great and I actually I was watching this interview of um a really prominent Broadway star who is the lead Wait, in tell Mean me, Girls. Tell me who. The lead I in love Mean Broadway. Girls, Renee Rapp. <gasps> yes. Amazing. Oh my gosh, she's sensational. Sensational. And she was talking about how, obviously in her role as Regina George, she has to be confident 100%. Oh my God, I cannot imagine having to pretend to be <laughs> Regina George. Right? <laughs> right, and she said that sometimes when she goes on stage, she doesn't feel great in what she's wearing or who she is. But she has to be because that's the part she's playing. And it's terrifying Mm -hmm. in her role. I mean, especially, I mean, you have a thousand plus people in the crowd looking at you. So you have to be. But And everybody has seen Mean Girls. Everybody knows Regina George. Everyone knows Regina George. Everyone knows she's a bad bitch who is 100% confident. (laughs) So, but it was interesting. That's iconic. Right, right. (laughs) So it's so interesting seeing someone who has to play this really bold character even talking about their own personal difficulties with purveying that level of confidence so fake it to make it is what I'm saying here I absolutely <laughs> love that story thank you so much for sharing of that course. I definitely when I was new my office is huge and everything looks the goddamn same I never knew where I was walking every floor looked the same I would get lost all the time and I remember I would never want to look lost and so I would fake it as if I knew exactly where I was walking and where this meeting room was and like instead I wouldn't make eye contact with people I like look at my phone as if I had some meeting I was going to or just you know like really walk with confidence to try and make it seem like I was confident And then all of a sudden, it was as if I had blinked and months had passed. And I realized as I was looking for meeting rooms, like, I knew where they were. I was no longer, like, faking this confidence, like, shirking around corners, being like, he's over there. (laughs) And, like, now it's, like, I didn't even realize I had stopped faking it until, like, one day it kind of just hit me that I was like, wait, wow, I I know where this is. Like, I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. That's amazing. You know it. So, like, I definitely think that there is merit to the saying because I feel I feel like, you know, it's all about building habits. And once you build this habit, it kind of becomes a part of you. And then you're no longer faking it, there you which go. is amazing. Yes. If you just try, like, you keep telling yourself something, eventually it will come true. And it's like, oh, what's that saying? It's gone from my memory right now. But Do you, bringing you something like to fruition. Putting it into the universe. There you go. Yes. You're like it talking into, it into existence. Yes, there we go. Something talking like it into existence. If you Amazing. just keep saying, I'm confident. I know where this meeting room is. <laughs> Eventually you will. 
Amazing. I definitely agree. You speak it into existence and you work to make it happen. It isn't just faking it, you know? (laughs) I think one of my biggest pro tips is that you aren't just faking it till you make it. You are facing it until you make it. Like, you are facing... Ooh, right? I just thought of that. I love it. But you're... (laughs) You're facing every challenge. I think it's important to not underplay all of your actions and all of your work as faking it. Because the thing is, like, you're waking up, you're going to work every day. You are facing maybe those not as pleasant meetings or that not as pleasant bitch work. Like, you are facing every little thing that's thrown your way and it is helping build you into who you are right now and who you're going to be 20 years from now. You know, I think you just have to realize, like, you are putting in the work and you are so deserving of all of the good things coming your way. That was so eloquent. Facing it till you make it. I'm, we should oh put that God. on a shirt, too. Another shirt. Look at our merch ideas. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Katrina, give us, like, your wrap-up, your pro tip. Of course. my thing. I think my biggest thing within my pro tip is that, A, you have to know no one knows what they're doing. Nobody knows Mm -hmm. what they're doing. I feel like the more people I talk to, they're like, yeah, I don't know anything that I'm doing. I'm just facing it till I make it, perhaps. We're all figuring (laughs) it out. We're all figuring it out. And you just, you have to just kind of roll with the punches, put your own spin on things. And my pro tip is do not be afraid because you were put into whatever position for a reason someone saw something within you, you have the merits and the qualifications to get you to where you want to be. And you either excelled within your interview, did a wonderful job, and you are going to excel within your new role, whatever that may be. But you can't let your own internal fears become external. You have to portray that confidence, whether you feel it 100% or not, because eventually... Mm -hmm you will. And again, setting those reasonable personal expectations for what you can and want to accomplish. Right. And when you set those expectations, don't be afraid to like, yeah, like reach out to your peer, your work wife, your even like maybe your best friend and be like, these are my expectations. Whenever I come to rant to you about something, remind me that this is the goal that I set for myself and that, you know, like I'm suffering from imposter syndrome. Like, Don't be afraid to share those goals with people because I feel like a big part of this too is accountability, right? So Mm -hmm. there we go. Face it. There we go. And everything is going to fall into place. I feel like that's such a big thing that I'm kind of learning as we go through this process. And I mean, the last, even like the last month and a half has been crazy. We have had to transition to working from home and we're so privileged in that we still have jobs and Mm -hmm. things are just crazy and it's such a big shakeup. And you're continually adapting to go with it. Yeah. And I think a quick point on that is recognizing your privilege that you have to be able to work from home right now, given what's happening to the world. It's an incredibly terrible time. And so many lives are impacted by this horrible virus that is infecting so many people. And Being able to take your computer, sit it down at your home desk and continue to work is such an immense privilege that I think we need to keep on enforcing to people because not everyone can do that. And because not everyone can do that, for those that can, making sure that we can do our part to help others as well. I agree. 
And actually, I'm leaving a link in the show notes because, Katrina, have you ever been to Joe Coffee in New York? Ooh, maybe, but I don't think so. So Joe Coffee is my go-to. I absolutely love them. There's one near the gym I go to, and there's one, like, right below my office. And they have had to close down all their shops, of course, due to the virus in the city. But they're, like, a home-owned, family-owned coffee company, and they have a GoFundMe And if you have any spare change, anything, I'm donating to it. I just think it's important to really support local businesses right now and do what we can. We got to do our part. We have to do our part. That's amazing. I'm going to donate to the link. I love them. But, (laughs) okay. Right? Before we say goodbye to our lovely listeners do you have anything you would like to plug your blog perhaps (laughs) I will always plug my blog um my blog is at sincerely Katrina it is an up-and-coming fashion blog I would say only saying that because we're only about 500 followers strong but I will not let the imposter syndrome get to me it has some great content on it I'm trying to make it more relatable um And I'm working on it. It's a day-by-day progress. But if you're interested in following what I like to put on my body in New York City, (laughs) go give it a follow. Yes, I'll also link it in the show notes as well. So you guys can just click it, follow her fabulous self. Amazing. And every Monday, I put up my roundup of hashtag sincerely Pinterest pics, Ah, which are the photos from Pinterest that I like. And I've found that my style does not quite compare to my uh, followers' style since they all say they don't like my stuff. But it's okay. That's why we have our own different styles. And it's what makes everything fun. But if you're interested... We're our own individuals. Amazing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But thank you so much again. I think this was such a heartfelt conversation and I'm so glad we got to share this with not only each other, but with everybody tuning in. I think that we imparted some good knowledge, some helpful knowledge. (laughs) Of course. And thank you, Lauren, for creating this podcast, for having me on it, for speaking your wisdom out into the world. It's amazing. Stop. Thanks, boo. (laughs) But thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and review. That really helps with Apple's algorithm to share this with other people who might find this content helpful. Follow us on Instagram at Rookies in the Real World. All the links will be in the show notes. But thank you so much. See you next Wednesday.